we want to give that customer the end the confidence that they're doing the right thing and hopefully you know doing the right thing for the planet and for their homes Welcome back to How I Built This, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of Scottish tech companies and their successes. I'm Jack Stephen, and as always, we're brought to you by Cathcart Technology, Scottish technology recruitment experts. On today's episode, I'm joined by Rudy and Jamie from Edinburgh fintech startup Snug. Snug have recently built and launched a platform that helps people to make their homes more energy efficient. Normally a process to find out if your home is energy efficient is very time consuming and can be expensive as well. Their platform makes it simple and affordable. Rudy, Jamie, welcome to How I Built This. How are you both? All good. Good, thank you. Good, good. Thanks for coming on. So yeah, Rudy, I think you've been with Snug a little bit longer than, than yourself, Jamie. Can you tell me a little bit about your, your kind of background to, to before Snug? Sure. So I started I started working with Snug in March of last year. So it's coming up to one and a half one and a half years now. And my background was originally in consulting. So I worked for Accenture straight out of uni. Uh, that was all enterprise system stuff like billing, uh, you know, uh, CRM that kind of thing. And then I moved on to working for digital agencies on website and app projects. And I, I worked for I was head of development for an agency called Rufus Leonard, which was headed up by a chap called Neil Spencer, who was the CEO. And he is a co-founder of Snug, so he's basically the link to how I how I've ended up. I see <laughs> working for Snug. Uh, but I mean, after after Rufus, I worked for two startups. I was I was freelancing for a bunch of different agencies at the start of last year, and Neil gave me a call, uh, and they they built the prototype, you know, in Figma, so smoke and mirrors. And he was sort of like, "Can you help me with the actual build?" And that's that's how I started. Yeah, cheers, Rudy. I've I've been here for about a year now, Jack. So I yeah. started in July last year. My background's in engineering, but a uh, chemical engineering as opposed to, to programming. Uh, a little bit I, different. <laughs> sh- absolutely. I shifted over into building products a few years ago. Similar, just less extensive background than Rudy, but I worked for some some agencies, and I uh, also worked for for a startup as well before joining Snug. So. Just love the startup vibe and how fast and chaotic it can be. Yeah. And what was it that kind of attracted you both to, to Snug? When I spoke with, with Mike, the idea behind it, as soon as he kind of said it, it was just one that kind of made sense. Did you feel the same or what was your, your kind of entry into it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously it was pitched to me by by Neil, who's more on the design side. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's in terms of something good to work on that had a, that has a really positive impact on the planet and also a good idea that I could see why it would be useful to people yeah. it was it was really compelling and then obviously I met Mike and Robin and the the rest of the of the team and was was really quite enthusiastic and happy to work on it so yeah that's how I got into it and yourself Jamie I mean so similar similar vibe you know as a, a product manager you always want to be solving yeah. a really important interesting problem and the way it was pitched to me I was just you know founding team just had to such an inspiring vision and sort of direction of where they wanted to go that you can't can't not get excited by it. you know net zero twenty fifty, yeah, uh, just really really exciting and they, you know just looking at the opportunity you know it really this really feels like one of these zero to one opportunities you know you hear it all the time in Silicon Valley you know this, this hasn't been done yet successfully a one stop shop which makes making retrofits to people's homes simple and affordable it's just yeah, such a big opportunity to be involved in. So, and the fact that it was in Edinburgh, and I don't know if you can hear from the accent, but you know, <laughs> local, local as well. We just everything, everything seemed to line up uh, perfectly. 
ticked all the boxes. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing I always kind of thought about it when I'd first heard it from Mike, that it was kind of like a win, win, win for everybody. Like everybody's kind of as positive as on the environment, as positive for the consumer um, who's getting to, to kind of increase the value in their, their property at that kind of minimal cost. Um, so yeah, just really cool in that sense. And do you know how the, the kind of genesis of the idea kind of came about? Yeah, so Robin, our, our founder, used to work for Aviva Digital, and he worked on revolutionising how they how they quote for insurance. So his his concept was that it should be a quote, not a quiz. So they reduced the number of questions they they asked to get an insurance quote down you know, using being able to look at questions that weren't really needed or things that could be pre-populated. So it was he came at it from a similar angle of this is a very complex area where you need to ask a lot of questions in order to recommend. You know, home improvements to people. Mm-hmm. Can we do some of that heavy lifting for people before they even they even get to the platform? So our our concept was that you could just choose your house from a postcode lookup, and we would use data sets to to build a profile of your house and pre-populate all of the things you'd have to answer. And sure, there might be some need to to change a few bits if you've done some work on your house since the you know, say your EPC data was was recorded. But we could very, very rapidly give somebody a useful plan that they could they, they could then start investigating and potentially work on. Yeah. So that was the, that was really the, the concept. Yeah, I know because Mike said was one of the first things he said to me that he I think he asked, "Have I ever tried to go about it myself?" And he said the the journey on how to do that is just so tedious, and basically everybody just kind of gets gives up before they they actually get to to anything. Yeah, exactly. It's very, you know, very, very uh, siloed, and there's there's a lot of complexity not only in like the profile of your house, but also downstream from that. Like we're finding there's huge amounts of complexity in terms of what grants are available and how we how we service those. Uh, you know, complexity around the costs and benefits of things, how we explain that to people. Complexity around even you know, applying for quotes for for work. So we're, we're looking at each of those areas and and trying to simplify and make that user experience. Uh, know easier for for the, the end customer yeah exactly and then um, am i right in saying that you released the first version of the product within a, a year can imagine that was um quite a busy year yeah so well I, I obviously got involved in march and that was part of i guess we started off looking at what tech platform we wanted to go with and doing some of the planning around around the build and you know getting resource to do the build we actually started work i think it was end of june start of july mm-hmm. So we built through July, August, September, October, and then we released the, the first D2C version of the platform in November. And it was quite a soft launch, and we didn't do a big, a big sort of hurrah about it. But uh, we wanted to first of all you know, get get some early feedback, and we have pretty much completely overhauled the design of the journey since then, which is what Jamie's basically done for us. So he's probably better placed to talk about a lot of the new features we've launched since that initial since that initial release. But it was, I mean, it was quite a, a lot of work to do in a short m- amount of time. But I don't think we cut corners. I think we, I think we, we released a, a good, solid product from from day one. Yeah, nice. And do you mind going into some of the kind of new features that you've helped change, Jamie? What what's the kind of stuff that you've been doing? Features are the right the right word, but it's more more of the mindset. Like you know, as we we launched our our MVP, I mean, the goal of a good MVP is to learn from your customers. You know that. What's the smallest thing you can do to learn as much as possible? And like Rudy says, we released something that was really great and and we could learn a lot. But what we found throughout that journey is actually when a customer goes into, you know, retrofitting their home, mm-hmm. quite often they don't actually realize what steps are involved in that. 
in our initial MVP, we were actually quite quick to to get into you, you to that plan, getting you to those details. What we've actually found is actually by deliberately slowing things down in certain instances, such as, for example, when you enter your postcode, instead of using like a, a loading screen as you make an API call, we use that as an opportunity of explain what's coming next. This is a process that you're going to go through. So little light touch UI tweet changes are like showing you know, what, what clever data transformations we are doing under the hood by the time you get to your home profile. Yeah. Just really sort of lifts the customer experience, but also educates that customer through the journey. I think that's actually the crucial point. Yeah. Is the way that you can educate, you know, that you know, so many different customers can can take different ways of doing this. And where Snug comes in is we really try and handhold you through a certain way where you're going to get a good plan and feel confident. Yeah. So a lot of the features have been that sort of education piece, bringing it to life, understanding, you know, how we can make the data richer, mm-hmm. but also recognizing, you know, you get some customers who actually want to go and play with the data, put in the features. They don't want served everything at once. They want yeah. to be able to tinker. So... Yeah, it's been really interesting since since November, just the way that it's uh, developed. Yeah, and Jamie's done Jamie's done a lot of user testing. So yeah, even things like just the copy on the call to actions and making it easier for people to move on to the next stage in the journey. You know, we've sort of been a lot of work on on that to to make it easier for people to progress and understand how to progress. Yeah, no, it's fascinating because you always kind of think that somebody just wants to get from A to B as as quickly as possible, but like you said, if it's something that they're not knowledgeable about then kind of providing that education feature and, and information is really helpful in terms of technical like obstacles has there been anything specific that's came up that's been a bit challenging yes i can think of a few <laughs> a few points i mean the the first one is the one we've been talking about which is the pre-population piece <laughs> so there was quite a lot of complexity in mapping the data that's out there which is you know largely the epc the, the national epc database and and basically mapping that into the inputs of the APIs that we use to generate your your plan. So a lot of work went into that and deciding how best to how basically how best to map those and how best to to represent that data. That took quite a lot of time. Um, I'd say white labeling has been a lot harder than we expected. Yeah, it's quite easy as a someone who's worked on lots of front end builds to sort of say, oh, we'll just swap out them some fonts and colors. Mm-hmm. But then what you find is that with different with different brand identities. The sort of relationship between primary colors and secondary colors is is not the same. The whole kind of architecture of it is not the same. So something that we thought would take a few days took a lot longer than that, <laughs> and there continues to be a challenge. Like every brand that we that we start working on from a white labeling perspective, we have to look at the detail. And there's there's always a few exceptions to to the rules that we had in place for the court app. We had some challenges. This is anyone who's worked in, in financial services will know this. Uh, financial services block certain new tech. Okay. Uh, so, for example, we use uh, Google for our authentication, and with some big banks, we found that our our registration journeys just wouldn't work because they were blocking Google. Uh, we've we've found ways around that, but it was something that's one of those like unexpected things that you know pop, pops up. And what else? Have we what else would I say? I mean, just that our sort of approach to building, we've had to be quite nimble in terms of building stuff in a way that we can rapidly pivot and change. Because you know, as as we learn about how people are using the system, we we've, we've change that user experience quite a, quite a bit so yeah it's just been adaptable that's that's been something we've been doing for tech yeah 
perspective. Good, good. And I realise we've not actually went into the actual product, what the, the kind of full thing is. Um, do you mind going over that in, in a kind of bit of detail as well? So I guess in its simplest form, we are, we're sort of a one-stop shop where a user or a customer can enter postcodes and then this the, I mean thinking this isn't even the simplest form. This is me beginning to sort of go into the journey. Simplest form is that we're a one stop shop for customers to make energy efficient improvements to their home. And what that actually means in the context of snug is right now the journey of retrofitting is quite complicated and fragmented. You know, first of all, you need to figure out what you can actually do to your home. This could involve, you know, reading a lot of online articles, could be speaking to your friend, it could be looking at the, your neighbour has got a solar panel and thinking, I want that. Once you've figured out if it is sort of worthwhile for you, you then might figure out how much it costs, you know, like how, how much it's going to cost me. Am I going to see a return of investment? You know, am I going to see that reduction in the energy bills? You know, it typically costs a lot of money to install solar panels or airstrokes heat pumps. Am I going to get the benefit at the end? You then go further downstream, you go, right, well, how am I going to be able to afford this? I'm going to use some of the savings and then let's have a look at grants. Then you discover with grants, it's a total minefield. You know, there's different grants in different areas, isn't consistent, you aren't sure if you're eligible or if you're not. Keep on going downstream from that. You then need to go find trusted installers. And I don't know about yourself, guys, but even like sort of getting a plumber around to your house can be a bit, you know, you don't know if you can trust this person, yeah. let alone, you know, a 10 grand solar panel. So these are these are big decisions that require a lot of confidence as a consumer to, to make. And with it being so disjointed out there in the wild, what Snug are trying to do is bring that all in-house, focus on taking that user step by step through that process and giving them the confidence to say at the end of it, do you know what, this is for me, or, and we're quite open about this, sometimes it's not for you, <laughs> but either way, we want to give that customer at the end the confidence that they're doing the right thing and hopefully, you know, doing the right thing for the planet and for their homes. So the way in which the product works, with that in mind, is the user can enter their postcode and select their address. From their address, we then can create an energy efficient plan for them so we, we do the heavy lifting in terms of working out can they get solar panels can they get an air source heat pump so we do that in a really sort of clean way we're able to present the user a, a personalized bespoke plan for themselves that plan will contain estimated costs so they've got a rough idea of how much it's going to cost but in addition to that, we then present the benefits, you know, of doing that. So we can calculate what the energy bill saving that the user could expect to, to achieve by making these changes. We can calculate the reduction in carbon dioxide. We know a lot of customers out there make these decisions because they want to do what's right for the environment. A less thought about way of thinking about this as well is actually the the increase in house value that you can have by you know investing in a solar panel or putting in an air source heat pump you know not not there's got to be a bit careful what i say in terms of you know the the actual literature right now because right now you know it's we're we're still catching up of whether what is the specific impact and snugger doing a lot of work in this area but generally it's you know if your neighbor's got a solar panel or air source heat pump and you don't, we firmly believe that there's going to be that knock-on value that people are going to start thinking about 
when they're looking to move home. So we provide an estimation of how much that could be as well. So when you're looking within the application, you have a home efficiency improvement plan and then you've got a list of benefits that you can also consider all in one place, all there to help you make a decision to see if it's worthwhile for yourself. Once you're in that position and you've got a plan that you're happy with, we can point you in the direction of the grants. So we have a grants checker within our tool and we know that depending on where you are and what measures you have in your plan will depend on what grants you might be eligible for. So we point the customer in the right direction and give them a rough indication of how much grants they could be eligible for. Yet again, just sort of giving them more of that confidence, but also that, that helping hand to really try to navigate this complicated journey. And finally, in terms of our current offering, what we also do is we, we got an installer network that we can connect our customers into. You know, for, for down in England, we've got we've partnered with EDF, which has been a fantastic partnership. And in Scotland, we've got a slightly smaller installer called TC Scotland. So we've got this uh, sort of rich network of being able to tie you tie into to get a quote request once you've decided on what plan you want to go for. Yeah, no, that's it's great to hear it like broke down like that, and it just makes it so evident how kind of beneficial it is when it's just a platform taking you through the the whole journey and you can obviously hear from what you said how kind of complex it, it actually is um do you, is it only kind of focused on like customers at the moment do you, do you ever see it kind of pivoting towards like businesses and like maybe like office buildings and stuff as well or there's a yeah, there's a conversation happening about yeah you know, whether that that might be a potential use of it. So sort of landlords who want to improve their their EPC ratings or companies who want to improve their their footprint could potentially also also look to use it. Yeah, that's one of the mm. one of the things we're investigating. Nice. And is it just kind of UK based at the moment, or is there anybody kind of doing it, doing similar things across you know, different locations or? I mean, the, the our focus is the UK for the time for the time being. I mean, I know I know the guys have looked at a few international. Um, I guess opportunities, but we'd have to look at what the landscape is and also what our data sources are. So that would be a, a, a separate sort of project that we'd have to. Speaking speaking on behalf of our founder, I can firmly say we do have global global aspirations in mind. Good, yeah. <laughs> More of what's to come. <laughs> and I guess it's probably also worth clarifying that like the that the the, the route to market involves, like I said, I mentioned the white labeling. So a lot of white labeling of our platform for other other organizations yeah. so if you you know obviously we mentioned T we mentioned uh, tsb but we have other other bank partners who, who potentially would want to rebrand what we've got as uh, as their own in order to essentially help their own customers to make their home their properties more energy efficient so for example one of the things we we, we didn't mention earlier on is there's a scottish building society who's going to go is going to go live with our platform for their customers so that's 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 another route that we're we're, we're taking to expanding on the user base nice yeah it sounds like there's a, a lot going on and it sounds like you've kind of built a lot of partnerships already which is which is great to see and one thing i kind of wanted to ask about it's obviously been very kind of fast paced i think you mentioned jamie what's it kind of been like in the first year working on this this project how i'm guessing you would obviously have to have people that are all in the kind of same boat in terms of what you're trying to achieve how important has that been it's, it's been hugely important, you know, the, the team that we've got 
it's just an absolute driving force. I think it's probably the best way of putting that. It's just so collaborative and creative at the same time. Yeah, look, obviously we're lucky. We've got we've got a relatively small team. So you know, we've got uh, the core team is based in Edinburgh, but our dev team is distributed. So we we have devs around around the country and actually uh, one even in Canada. So yeah, I think I think. You know, it's 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 we have had it's been quite easy to keep people people coordinated because it's a relatively smaller team. Yeah, so that's probably been how we've we've managed to keep everyone sort of singing from the same hymn sheet. Uh, that might get harder as we get bigger, and we obviously we have been growing recently. But uh, I think for the time being, we haven't had major issues around the remote working or the remote team. It's all worked really well, and we've got really dedicated devs who, uh, who who work well with each other. And also, I think we've got the right processes in terms of code reviews. In terms of our, our sort of agile meeting schedule, and you know, we have daily catch-ups, we have our refinement sessions, we have our retrospectives. So I, I think it's it's been fast-paced, but I would say it's worked relatively well. We haven't had major challenges from a team working perspective. Good. And you touched on it there, like the the hiring made quite a few kind of hires and and grown the grown the team. Has that been a challenge, or has that been quite kind of easy as well, or? It, it has been a challenge. I, I'd say, especially last year, it was more of a challenge. I think last year there were fewer available devs, and there was a lot more. We were in a situation where, you know, if we were trying to interview candidates, and they were very rapidly taken off on other jobs before we could even really get into it. I think this year it's gotten a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I think, as we all know, this year there's been some layoffs in other companies, so there's maybe there's slightly less demand than there was last year. So it's been a bit easier. Having said that, you know, we we're very lucky in that we, you know, I know. Some freelancers from previous previous roles that I've, I've worked at, so we are able to flex our dev resource um, as and when we need to. So mm-hmm. we haven't needed to go on a, a sort of massive hiring drive. We're we're able to to kind of keep going with quite a lean team. Um, but yeah, I think we we will need to to hire some more probably later on this year. Yeah, obviously it's something that might be a, a good lesson to other startups in, in similar positions. Obviously, you mentioned leaning on freelancers. How kind of useful has that been and and how would you kind of go about that i'd argue it's been pretty critical but in my case it's just the network so having worked at a whole bunch of agencies for years yeah I, I, i've just been basically bugging people that i used to work with and saying <laughs> can you can you please free up some time to work on 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 the project and also we uh we work with a a a, a dev agency who actually worked on my two my two previous startups with me? So they they've also been quite handy in allowing us to to sort of scale up and down on the on the resource that on their resource when we when we've needed it. Yeah. So that's why we've been able to be quite quite nimble with the with the dev resource. Yeah. Good, good. And in terms of when you're been growing the the permanent team, what kind of things have you you kind of looked for in people? What do you normally kind of someone has to have to to kind of be successful? Right, so obviously technically skilled within the technologies that we're working with, sort of aware of of new tech, able to work within that the sort of distributed team, which I think is quite common with devs. Yeah, you know, you're able to work work the remote team. I guess being proactive in terms of getting your features merged and released, so people you know people who are who are proactive and want want to get their their work reviewed and out there. And we're also quite keen for our devs to be involved in the product design and to challenge us. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, Jamie, Jamie's great at doing this. Where you know, when we present new work for refinement, you know, we'll we'll involve the team in in that sort of ask them to critique what we've put together in terms of the user experience, and that often makes the end result better. I think. Yeah. Thanks. And um, in terms of 
going forward, where what are the, the kind of six to twelve months plans for for Snug? What can you kind of expect to to see from you? Well, there's quite a few customer rollouts, so that's that's where we are either white labeling the product or uh, or using the, the 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 product with its current styling, but for for a particular you know, for an organization basically for their own their own customer base. So that's that's going to be a big area of growth. We've also been working on some government research projects around around new features. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jamie's been heavily in, involved in this. I'm, I'm not sure how much of that we can talk about, but basically there, there's likely to be a lot of build work that comes out of those research projects for for new features within the core product or sort of parallel um, type of products. And yeah, I'd say, yeah, obviously I mentioned, I think earlier on I mentioned that we've, we've recently won a pitch to provide grants information uh for, for a third party and that that we see that as being a potential growth area it's very complex and the idea is that you know we can potentially help other people to 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 you know find their way through grants as a separate add-on product rather than just okay. always going through the core yeah nice and there's any other kind of product features you you can foresee happening anytime soon jamie or how's that kind of going as well well i think i think the main product features at a high level which you know, when I get, when I gave the overview of the product earlier on, one key component that we we don't have yet is monitor. So once you've made these changes, have they actually worked? And we view this as a sort of first of all, it might be able to incentivize new changes, but it's also a great retention feature. You know, if you've made these changes, how much have I actually reduced it by? You know, we want people to sign back into Snug. Yeah. Now stay stay into stay in the ecosystem, see what else is out there. So one of the areas that we're investigating is is how we can get customers to c- connect their smart meter data. So the smart meter feeds into each of their home. So they're able to actually monitor their, their current fuel usage and what they could save by making energy efficient changes. And by introducing a, a feature such as that, we can we can get a lot more clever in the future. Mm-hmm. We've been exploring uh, the use of like carbon credits to incentivize people to make changes. We've been sort of seeing like, you know, if you've got smart meter data, what would happen if you add smart thermostats as well as that? Because then what you'd be able to do is you'd be able to really quantify what the actual thermal efficiency is of your property because you're using real sort of monitoring data instead of just relying on the EPC. So by introducing these new features, we think that, you know, we're still testing the market, but it could open us up to a lot of unforeseen uh, benefits right, right now. Nice, nice. And um, where is kind of best to, to keep up to date with, with everything that, that's going on at Snug? Just the, the website, LinkedIn, what is it that you, you kind of um, normally use? I think, I think the best way, Jack, is to create an account. So if anybody's listening, uh, <laughs> sign up, create a plan, and you'll you'll receive the newsletter. But yeah, like we're very, very active on, on LinkedIn. You know, we... We do view as ourselves as a fintech, and as we say, like much of where we're positioned is business to business, and we want to help those businesses and customers make changes. So, very active on on LinkedIn. That'd be one of the main ones. Good, good. Yeah, I've actually been through the the journey on the the website myself, and kind of spoke to to Mike uh, a few months ago and yeah always found it kind of really easy and fascinating so yeah I'm a I'm a user of the product as well um but really excited to to kind of see where snug go um it seems like it's um already getting a lot of good traction so yeah really kind of excited 
um, to, to see where it goes. Thanks very much for um, coming on and, and chatting me through that. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for listening to How I Built This, brought to you by Cathcart Technology, Scotland's technology recruitment experts. Whatever platform you're listening on, please click the follow button and share the podcast with anyone you think would be interested in listening. If you're a tech leader in Scotland and want to share your story, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. If you work within the tech sector and are looking for a job or looking for some help on your tech team, then please get in touch with me, Jack Stephen, or follow us on our socials, Cathcart Technology, or via our website, cathcarttechnology.com.